Welcome to the Virtually Varsity Podcast, the podcast that hasn't forgotten to submit their ballot. Here's your host, Jordan Harris. Hey everybody, welcome to the second week of the Virtually Varsity Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Harris, here to talk to you about all things around the MCLA. Uh, this past week, we had a few really great games. Not a ton of upsets if you're looking at the poll rank versus who ended up winning, uh, but a few games that maybe caught some attention from poll voters this week. Uh, first one I was thinking of was the South Carolina-Chapman game. Chapman came out uh, in California, South Carolina, all the way across the country. Uh, Chapman ends up winning in pretty commanding fashion. The game got a little bit closer toward the end, uh, but Chapman won wire to wire. If you look at the rankings, it's Technically, it would be an upset. South Carolina, I think, was number two this past week. Uh, Chapman was around five. Um, but not really that big of an upset, especially considering South Carolina's on the road. That game is a little bit to be expected. South Carolina's got a couple more games in California. They do really well to win a few of those if they want to stay in that top ten spot. You also had UConn, who went down to Georgia uh, and ended up scoring an upset over Florida State. I had mentioned uh, last week, uh, or I guess mentioned on Twitter, that Florida State, after losing to Georgia Tech in a pretty narrow fashion uh, probably needed to run the table to get an at-large or to be firmly in the at-large discussions. Um, Not only did they not run the table, they ended up losing the next day to UConn, who has now not only beat FSU, but they went to overtime with Virginia Tech. uh, And this morning they ended up, uh, this morning is recorded on Sunday night, but this morning they ended up taking Georgia Tech right down to the wire as well. So UConn's a team that's definitely on the rise. Uh, They score an upset if you look at the polls over FSU, but maybe not that big of an upset we just didn't know where to put UConn yet. They didn't have enough games. They didn't have enough information to put them in the right spot. But either way, they get a big win. The upset of the week has got to be, uh, without question, it's got to be Arizona over Michigan State. So the Michigan State Spartans went to California and they had a rough go, but they ended up losing to Chapman, ended up losing to Concordia, who are both going to be top five teams in the next poll. And then they ended up losing to Arizona, who at the time was unranked in the polls. Uh, pretty good game. Thank you to Michigan State for streaming on Periscope. So a few of us got to chime in and watch. I'd say the story of the game was the Arizona uh, Wildcat defense that ran a zone defense most of the game. Uh, and they were backed by a goalie who made 30 saves, uh, confirmed audited 30 saves, which which is really an insane number. Uh, that's a really good night for any goalie in the, in the world, but let alone in a top five matchup for Arizona. That ends up leading their way to the paving the way for the upset for the Wildcats, and that should firmly get them into the top twenty five the next week. I had a chance to talk with Arizona Wildcats head coach Matt Blamey and get his take on the game and get a little bit more perspective from the Wildcats on the big win. All right, we're here with Coach Blamey from the Arizona Lax Cats, coming off a huge win against Michigan State. Uh, Coach Blamey, first, congratulations. Uh, awesome win for you guys. Great uh, spring break trip out to California. Uh, maybe for, for some of our listeners, take us through building up to this game against Michigan State. What were some of the things that you guys had identified internally that you needed to do to uh, take down the defending champs? We had to prepare first for San Diego State and then prepare for um, Claremont. And but the good thing is we had a few days off between between those games in Michigan State. And, you know, when we watched a lot of film on them, we just realized that we matched up pretty well. You know, I think our personnel, you know, makes a good a good match with their personnel. And, you know, they don't they got a big roster and, and they don't run a lot of guys. And I think that kind of played into our part. And, you know, when we were preparing, we thought that zone would, would work well against what they're trying to do on offense. And our guys, you know, we, we figured it out. We run a really good man down defense and with the way that our zone works it's basically a man down with an extra guy we just thought that that would 
that would be effective against what they're trying to do. Yeah, the, and no zone works great without a awesome goalie to back it up. And White Hill obviously had a monster game, uh, twenty seven saves on the day. That was insane. Um, but for 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 you guys, who else stood out besides uh, Wyatt, who obviously probably the player of the game, no question, with twenty seven saves. Who else stood out for you guys in the game? Yeah, no question. White's White's a big guy for us, and he always will be. But you know. Right out of the gate, you know, we, we've got a young squad. You've probably seen our roster. We've got a bunch of freshmen that we need to contribute. And the first goal of the game, actually the first two goals of the game, were our freshman midfielder, or converted midfielder, Mason DePaula. He just he just took it down, threw it in the back of the net, and, and did what we asked him to do. Um, another guy that came up late in the game, he doesn't even start, you know, Greg Scholes, number 26. He's an attackman. He's just – we call him G-Man. He's, he's just – he's on the hands team. He's, he's got the best hands probably on anyone on the team. And we just know if we throw in his vicinity, he's going to catch it and throw in the back of the net. One of the challenges for a coach, any coach that wins a big game like this, is how do you make sure that this is not the pinnacle of your season? Uh, so as a coaching staff, uh, what are the things that you guys are looking to do to build on this win for the rest of the season? Yeah, you know, it's the guys have a few days off. And the coaches and I sat down and we talked about it. We can't, you know, we can ride this for a day. We told them to enjoy it for, for a day or two. But we've got BYU next week, and, and BYU is an extremely good team who I think is, is pretty underrated. Um, and confidence is something that we've gained, and I think that's something that this team needed, especially with a lot of young guys. Um, but you just have to realize that it's, it's, it's next game up. Yeah, and for you guys, like you said, you have a young squad, a lot of new faces or, or young faces that are playing some significant roles for you. Uh, for you, uh, what what is what defines a successful season for Arizona this year? When you look back at the season, how do you guys decide like what was the season a success? Sure, and and we talked a lot about that after our you know our our, first, our two and two start. You know, we told the guys that look, winning isn't the goal. You know, we've we've made a conscious effort to have tangible goals throughout our games, whether it's ground balls or, you know, we need our, our offense to shoot this certain percentage or our defense to not allow this amount of goals a game, that if we achieve those in small pieces, then winning's the, the result, you know. And, and that's something that I think kind of it, it's going to extend for the entire season. It's, it's a little bit cliche to say one game at a time, but, but it's true. You know, we, we need our guys to really just focus on the next team up, what we need to do for that game, what our goals are for that game. And if we achieve those goals, then, you know, the byproduct is, is the victory. That's awesome. So uh, moving ahead, you mentioned BYU. What other games do uh, the Laxcats have circled on the schedule as big ones? One game at a time. But, yeah, we got BYU. And then, you know, we've got a, a, a tough Oklahoma team, you know, and then, then it starts conference play. You know, every year it's 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 Grand Canyon, ASU. They always win win the North, and we've got UNLV in between there. And frankly, UNLV is a small roster, but they always have very talented players. So it's you know, hopefully we can we can keep it keep it going with BYU this week, and then Oklahoma coming to town. But frankly, we tell our guys like, let's have some fun with these games. They don't ultimately matter if we if we achieve our goal in conference, then then we we'll make the playoffs, and then it's it's up to us. Awesome. Uh, so for people who are unfamiliar with the Laxcats or they've been watching from afar, seeing Arizona kind of uh, with this upset, but they don't know much about you, tell us, a, tell us a few things about your team that would be interesting for somebody following along, maybe a few players to watch out for, some things that make you guys unique. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's great when you have a team that, that 
we've been, we've been really preaching like guys, you got to trust each other and, and you know, it's whether the next pass or, or that some guys got your back on a slide. But I, I think that, that while we have Wyatt and cage and, and he's a monster, but, but only because of our, our down low guys, our, our D guys and our D middies, it, are we able to force the shots that we want, you know, and, and Wyatt knows and he tells his guys like, this is, this is where I need you to direct, to, to move these players. This is where I need them to shoot from. And then he makes a save. And we have to give a lot of credit to, to Barry Baker, Exton Bassett. You know, those are two of our, our captains and, and defensive leaders out there. But, but we're able to, to rotate, you know, five, six guys through our long poles. We're able to rotate three or four D middies. And those guys are all really buying into the system. And I just think that, you know, they say defense wins championships. And uh, I just think that our guys are really buying into that the back end has to be the anchor. Cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, congratulations. Seriously, a, a monster win for your for your program, a fun win for you guys, and uh, something to build off of. So really appreciate you taking the time to come on with us, and uh, good luck the rest of the year. Okay, so you've got a pretty big upset here. Arizona's going to jump in the polls, obviously. Michigan State's going to fall in the polls, obviously. But where do they end up? So if you look at these two teams, we compare them. Uh, Michigan State is kind of off to a rough start. If you ignore last year the fact that they're the defending national champs, it's really tough to place them any higher than the 15 range. They've got a win over Minnesota, who is currently ranked number 25, and a win over Pittsburgh. Uh, but other than that, they don't have a win yet. They have the loss to Chapman, the loss to Concordia by two each, uh, and then you have the loss to Arizona by one so none of those losses are really egregious especially if you think Arizona is a ranked team but it's probably not enough to be a top 10 team now is that saying that they won't be a top 10 team knowing the voting habits of the MCLA voters I gotta imagine they're gonna say uh you know four or five spots is probably enough to punish them for losing these games we'll see maybe they end up in the top uh, top 10 again I think probably a little bit lower is where they should end up uh, the more interesting team is probably Arizona. They have a win over Santa Clara and now this win over Michigan State. Other than that, wins over Washington, San Diego State, Claremont. So nothing eye-popping there. Uh, but then they have a loss to USC at the beginning of the year that I think is going to be dragging them down a little bit. So, so Southern California, who I've said before, I think is better than their record. They're, they've been playing really good lacrosse, playing tight teams tight. or Sorry, playing good teams tight. Um, they were the first game that the Arizona State, uh, the Arizona Wildcats played, and they ended up losing it by one, and then they lost to Stanford, Stanford as well by four. Stanford again, they only have one loss to Cal Poly, so not a terrible loss, uh, but still it makes them tough to slot. So for my poll this week, I would put them, uh, I would put Arizona at number fourteen, right behind Brigham Young University, who had the upset win over Grand Canyon. I guess upset is is not re- maybe the right term for it, but they had the big win over Grand Canyon, who's gonna I think plummet a little bit here. Uh, they had then I'd have Arizona, I'd have Clemson, and then I'd have Michigan State right after Clemson. Clemson is an interesting one. So they are a team that just completed one of what I would call the hardest road trips in the MCLA, and that's going to Colorado uh, and playing two games. Now, that's traditionally a really tough trip for anybody who ends up in Colorado, no matter where you're coming from. But to come all the way across the country to play those two games, um, that's a tough road trip. And not only did uh, did Clemson make the trip, but they left uh, splitting uh, splitting the games after beating Colorado State, uh, which is nice. Colorado State's a ranked win for the 
Tigers. Uh, they've also got that Georgia win that should continue to be a ranked win this next week. And then you have a loss to Colorado and a loss to Liberty. So nothing egregious in the loss column for the Tigers. They've got two decent wins. I don't know that Colorado State and Georgia will stay ranked the rest of the season as they get into conference play. Uh, but as it currently stands, they're both ranked wins. So I put Clemson about 15. And I also give Clemson credit for traveling. I think it's important to note that not all games are played at home unless you're Grand Canyon, who has played every game this year so far at home. So you have to take that into account, I think, when you weigh the polls. You need to give Clemson a little bit of credit for not only uh, making the effort to get out to Colorado, but spending the money and then putting your putting your uh, record on the line against two ranked teams. I think that, that's got to count for something. So I bump Clemson up to 15 after the weekend in Colorado, uh, and then I'd have Michigan State right behind them. So... Pretty good weekend overall for the SELC. A couple big wins for them. Um, and I think Clemson climbs a little bit. Georgia Tech's going to climb up to number two. Uh, and then you have you have South Carolina who lost to, to uh, Chapman. I don't think it'll hurt that bad. If they can win the, their next two games in California, they'll be still floating around that top five spot, and they should be in good shape heading into conference play. So uh, what's the what game should we be looking forward to for this next week? I think the biggest game that you need to be looking forward to is actually tonight, if you're listening to this podcast on Monday. It's the game between Stanford and Virginia Tech. So Virginia Tech heads out to California. They're going to be playing Stanford, Cal Poly, California. So they play the number one, currently the number one, number 12, and number 14 team in the country. Uh, those are going to be uh, some tough games in the WCLL for Virginia Tech. Now the reason I point to tomorrow's game against Stanford, particularly as a important game is if you look at the uh, the way that the the polls are right now and you start to project a little bit in terms of bracketology uh, certainly you can't get very granular but you start to think okay which which conferences could send multiple teams who could send three who could send four if you look at the WCLL they have potential to send three teams I think to the tournament in um, in Salt Lake this year but that third team seems like at this point the best chance of it being a third team would be Stanford. So looking at Stanford's schedule so far, they beat Santa Barbara, beat UC Davis, beat Arizona, beat UCLA, beat Sonoma, lost pretty big to Cal Poly, uh, and then they came back this weekend and beat Dominican. The rest of their schedule, they have Nevada and Chico State, which you think should both be wins for them. Then you have Santa Clara, who's fallen off a little bit, but I'd assume that's a game that would be tilted heavily in uh, Stanford's favor. And then you play number one, California, before you get into the WCLL tournament. So let's just assume that Stanford were to lose that game to California. If they were to win the game against Virginia Tech tonight in um, uh, in California against the, the Hokies, then they're going to be sitting pretty come WCLL tournament time. At worst, they're looking at being 10-2 and two going into the tournament. So they could maybe weather a loss and... Uh, in that WCL tournament and still be in that at-large discussion. I don't know if they stay in that at-large discussion if they lose to Virginia Tech tonight. Seems like that might be tough to make up when your best win at that point would be Arizona, uh, UC, UC Santa Barbara, so maybe Santa Clara. So without knocking out California, if they don't get the win against Virginia Tech, they're going to be a tough spot come the at-large discussion at the end of the season. So a really big game for Stanford from that perspective, and I think it's the type of game that if you win, it will stick around in, in the uh, in the minds of the selection committee at the end of the year it'll be one that'll be talked about if Stanford can get it now if you look at it from Virginia Virginia Tech's perspective uh, they lost by five to South Carolina that's their only loss they have a win against Connecticut which uh, now is looking a lot better at the time it was an 8-7 overtime win against an unranked team uh, maybe a little bit concerning 
but it looks better now that Connecticut has proven to be they've proven to probably be a top 25 team this year uh, and they just took number two who will who will soon be number two Georgia Tech to the wire the rest of Virginia Tech's schedule is pretty intense but the bulk of it is right now like these these are the games that can really sit in a tournament uh, selection committee's mind here you've got number 12 Cal Poly who will probably be hired come next poll you've got number 14 Stanford number one California before you take off against uh, George Washington maybe a little bit more of a gimme game uh, and then then you have Northeastern, Oregon. Those should both two be that should be two wins that they should be able to get. Uh, then you play Michigan State. I guess we'll see TBD. I think Michigan State's going to get better throughout the course of this season. Then you have Minnesota, and then you have Liberty, who has actually been great. Let's say that Virginia Tech loses that game in terms of games they that they won't be favored in. Then the rest of their schedule. This is their best chance to make really important um, impressions for the selection committee. They've got 14, 12, and and one right now. That might be their best chance to get the wins that will sit there and matter at the end of the year they still have some opportunities and obviously the SELC is going to be good so the tournament you snag a couple wins there that can obviously change the discussion but if you're talking about being the third or fourth team from the SELC uh, it's going to be tough you need to snag some of these wins here so going 0-3 for Virginia Tech would be tough on their tournament chances uh, snagging the one against Stanford uh, might look a lot better here come uh, come May when they're trying to fight for a spot for South, uh, for Salt Lake so if you're keeping your eyes on the game I'd keep your eyes on that one in terms of my poll for the week, I'll just go quickly since Taylor's not here, he can't argue, so we'll just assume that I'm right. Uh, the way that I have it ranked this week, I have California at 1, Georgia Tech at 2, Arizona State at 3, Concordia at 4. Uh, you know, I owe some apologies to the Concordia fans. They uh, Last week on the podcast, I said it wasn't a believer. They came out and they beat Michigan State. But, you know, as I watch Concordia, if you've read the books Harry Potter and you remember the Room of Requirement, it was this room that provided them only what they need, but like nothing more. That's how Concordia is. It's like they're the Room of Requirement of winning games. It doesn't matter who they play. They're going to win by 2 to 5 goals but that's it like no more so if you saw that uh, they played San Diego State today they win by two it's a little bit of a head scratcher they beat TCU by a handful um, outside of the Northeastern win they don't really have like a commanding we winning games by a ton but who cares they continue to win and so uh, I'll put a, I'll take a little bit of egg on my face for Concordia and say yeah they proved me wrong they keep winning and so maybe it's not pretty and maybe it's not uh, the the most um dominating fashion but doesn't matter at this point if they're winning games so I bump Concordia up to four right behind Arizona State followed by Chapman South Carolina Liberty Cal Poly uh, Liberty jumping back a little bit I just think that we just don't know yet I think Liberty's really good and they're probably better than seven but we just don't know yet they haven't played enough good teams but they'll have plenty of time too so I'm not too worried about it but I'm going to slot them at seven for the time being I bump Cal Poly up after they just really dismantle uh, Santa Clara put them at eight Colorado at nine uh, Boston College at 10, Stanford at 11, Virginia Tech at 12, BYU at 13, Arizona at 14, Clemson at 15, Michigan State at 16, Northeastern at 17, uh, USC at 18, so Southern California at 18, Santa Clara at 19, Utah Valley at 20, Buffalo at 21, so the undefeated Buffalo, uh, undefeated Buffalo team, undefeated Utah Valley team. I don't think we really know yet, but the fact is they've won their games. I'm going to put him in that 20 to 25 range. If you didn't want to have him there, you wanted to put somebody else that played better games. Uh, that'd be fine with me, but I'm going to put Utah Valley and Buffalo right there. Right behind Buffalo, I have Grand Canyon, who, like I mentioned earlier, is floundering a little bit here. Uh, they could use a win over Concordia this coming weekend uh, to really bolster their chances of, of being in the discussion of an at-large bid to Salt Lake. Right behind them, I have UCSB. 
you know, the BYU win looks a lot better after uh, BYU takes down Grand Canyon. So it's tough to slide him out when you look behind UCSB. Who else are you going to put in? They do have one. They have a top 15 win, uh, which is something that nobody outside of the top 15 can say. So it's kind of tough to to not. Uh, I, to not let them be in the poll, even though they are one and six, I'm going to leave UCSB in the poll at 23. I'm going to debut UConn at number 24 after their pretty solid weekend. And maybe they should be a little bit higher after they, they uh, took Georgia tech wire to wire. They beat FSU, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't love rewarding teams for losing. Like your justification for bumping them is they lost well. So I'm going to keep them at 24, but keep your eyes on on UConn, and then I'll round it out with Georgia at number 25. Anyway, good week of MCLA action. Keep your eyes tuned uh, on on some of those games that we mentioned, and follow us on Twitter for updates. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks.